Hey, truly universal fans. Rents here with an exciting announcement. As some of you might know, Truly Universal and our friends at the Famine Fed podcast are both part of the Urban Picks brand. Our vision for Urban Picks was to create a digital media site where both Catholics and non-Catholics could learn about TV shows, movies, food, and pop culture, but through the lens of Catholicism. Now, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, we are so grateful for all of you, our listeners, for your support and encouragement. We've had a ton of fun producing some awesome content for you, despite all the challenges 2020 brought. Now, with 2021 on the horizon, Urban Picks has some exciting plans for the new year, and we're hoping that all of you can join us in building the future of Urban Picks. Many of you have asked us how to support our podcast and website, and I'm happy to announce that we have finally launched our Patreon account. Whether you simply follow us on Patreon or join us as a member of the Urban Picks family, we're rewarding our donors with pins, stickers, and some unique thank you gifts. Ever wanted to have Ian record your voicemail? Want to spend a Zoom happy hour with both TU and Famine Fed? Check out our site at patreon.com slash urbanpicks for more information. All of your support will go back to help pay for things like our website, podcast tools, Ethan's love for Boba while he edits, and for new content and programs. Again, thank you so much for your support. Keep listening, keep sharing what you're hearing, and now back to the Hugh Jackman Thanksgiving special. From breaking through to the mainstream, playing Marvel's Wolverine in Brian Singer's X-Men in 2000, to playing Jean Valjean in P.T. Barnum, this massively talented Australian actor, singer, and producer has proven to be one of our greatest showmen. Whether yelling incoherently in the midst of a bloodbath, or singing show tunes to adoring audiences, he's everything you ever need, and everything you ever want, and is here right in front of you. This is where you want to be. Today... We enter the world of Hugh Jackman. This is Truly Universal. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss. Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. Jane, um, so we're really t- this is a, a time for us. Uh, one, it's November. We, we wanted to be thankful, uh, so the the crew here decided to assemble some of our our good. Um, uh, just a recurring guests here, so we'll go. We'll introduce the panel, and you say who you are and what you're thankful for uh, this year and why. Okay, so we'll start off with JP. Hey, how's it going? I'm JP. Um, one thing that I'm thankful for this year is, I don't, with well, with everything going on, I mean, uh, being healthy. I'm just. It's just good you know with with everything that's going on in the world today yeah father what's up everybody father raj here um and i am thankful uh for john paul mepa and that he is healthy 
Um, I can see it in in your high definition oh, uh, uh, skin <laughs> there on HD video. Listeners can't see it, but John Paul Mipa looking really healthy. His his long flowing hair is also looking healthy. Reminds me of a a a um, Hugh Jackman character. Um, ben Helsing. Who, uh, I don't know. Ben Helsing had long, long yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah. I guess John Valjean had some long hair at different yeah, points. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. I'm thankful for that. No, but uh, really, uh, in this uh, year, I'm, I'm thankful for uh, the many unique and creative ways that we can stay connected with one another. And I think um, uh, this podcast is a testament to that and and listening to other folks. And so I, I'm thankful for uh, this podcast, uh, Truly Universal. So there you go. All right. Thank you. And Meg? Hey everybody, it's Meg. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my pup son, Hamachi, that you can probably hear in the background. Um, and in general, I'm just, I'm thankful for family and for friends. Honestly, like, pretty simple, considering everything going on. And last and least, me, um, I'm Zian. Uh, I want to say hello, and uh, I want to say that what I'm thankful for is you... Listening to this right now, you don't know it yet. Well, uh, maybe you do know it now. But you are loved and cared for. Uh, the good Lord provides for you and for all of us. And also, I'm very thankful uh, for the opportunity to be on the podcast where we get to discuss Hugh Jackman. Everybody, <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Uh, I think what we're going to do from now on, every Thanksgiving special, is just going to highlight an actor or actress who has a particularly just a, a, a large career because uh, we just appreciate the work right we 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 are a place where we consider faith and culture meeting and um what better way to start than with uh hugh jackman um one of our favorite australian um just entertainers uh jp if you could give us a little note about who he is yeah i totally can um so i'm gonna be reading this from his wikipedia page but um Hugh Michael Jackman, uh, born October 12, 1968. He is an Australian actor, singer, and producer. Uh, He is best known for playing Wolverine slash Logan in the X-Men film series, a role for which he holds the Guinness World Record for the longest career as a live-action Marvel superhero. That's pretty cool. Um, He's also recognized for films such as Kate and Leopold, Van Helsing, The Prestige, The Fountain, The Australia. No, it's just Australia. And um, <laughs> not to mention Les Mis and The Greatest Showman. Very nice. Very nice. And actually, we're going to be focusing specifically on three of those movies. Um, well, Logan, um, The Greatest Showman, and Les Mis. Uh, Oof. However, another thing that... Um, you might not know is uh, that he, I believe, own, is it, he owns a coffee yeah, he's business? Yeah, he's got his own um, a coffee company called Laughing Man Coffee. And um, this will tie into some of um, uh, what we talk about today. But I'm just going to read the story off the, the back of the box. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about gratitude and we're going to be talking about being thankful for the things that you have. And um, this is what um, 
Hugh Jackman, he signs this message. He says, uh, when I met Dukale at his coffee farm in Ethiopia, his infectious laugh and endless optimism inspired me to create Laughing Man Coffee. I wanted to help improve the lives of coffee farmers like him and share their extraordinary fair trade uh, coffees with the world. Your purchase helps uh, the Laughing Man Foundation giving um, back to global coffee farming communities, right? So he's, he's given back to those communities. He's grateful for what he's experienced around the world. And so he's got his own coffee company. Laughing Man Coffee, and um, uh, I've picked some up, and I know uh, um, Meg is, uh, has some, and but other folks have tried it, and maybe you listeners have tried it, and I really enjoy it. Um, the particular one that I, I figured what I would get would be um, Hugh's Blend. Um, so since we're, we're all in appreciation of Hugh Jackman uh, today, I got his special blend, and um, yeah, I dig it. It's got some fruity tones, and... Um, and uh, some uh, sweetness, kind of like a honey or a gram sweetness in the in the blend, and so um, yeah, I'm 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 digging it. I enjoy it. It's um, I I think it's a blend that is easy to drink on a daily basis. So uh, support. Um, uh, has my recommendation to support support his coffee, uh, Laughing Man. It's good stuff, and it's it, he's doing it for um, a good cause. And so I think um, let me just double check real here. So yeah, every purchase uh, helps coffee farmers, and that's what he's committed to. So around the world, uh, Hugh Jackman's coffee, Laughing Man coffee. Um, yeah, uh, I enjoy. Fantastic! It. Wow, thank you for sharing that with us, Father. Uh, I have a question for JP on the bio. Does it does it uh, actually have? Um, uh, this question has been asked often. Does he also go by Huge Ackman? I've heard it. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> According to his Wikipedia page, I don't see anything. Okay, I maybe just that Huge Ackman. I'm thankful huge for Huge Ackman. Ackman. No. Okay. No, no. I don't think so. Was that brought up in a commercial from something else? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's my plug for Laughing Man Coffee. I don't get any anything for that. Yeah, we're not we're not paid. We're not we're not you know we're not sponsored. But Hugh Jackman, if you hear this, if you hear this podcast, um, not sure if you're Catholic or not. Does it say if he's Catholic? <laughs> Wikipedia, JP. Um, evangelical Christian, probably. His his parents were devout Christians. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Hugh Jackman, if you hear this, we'd love to share with you the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to share with us your to, coffee. If you share with us the coffee, the sponsorship, please come out, the, join us. I have the tea coming in, in um, soon. Oh, I, yeah, JP, you've ordered the tea? Okay. I ordered oh, yes. the tea. So. What's the tea, JP's JP? got the tea. I got wonderful, the tea. Wonderful. Not yet, but I'm getting it. So it's, it's only for Keurig cup? No, 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 they, they have real coffee. I just got Kirk Cup because I knew it was going to be the easiest oh, and I the see. fastest to, to get. Um, but I got no, you, you can buy it in all, all versions. I got Egyptian now, chamomile. Now, you, the regular audience of um, Truly Universal, might be wondering, why are we focusing specifically on an actor? Um, we know that God's gift why is... Are we, and why are we? Here's we the story. That, that I got the story for is, you all. Uh, we know that... <laughs> Go ahead, Meg. <laughs> Please tell the story. No, I want to hear your version first. My version first. Okay, so we were we were at um, a board meeting of all the people for um, Truly Universal, and we were like, "What do we do for the Thanksgiving special?" We were like, "Oh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special." And, uh, we were looking for other like Thanksgiving movies, um, and then you know someone had brought up Les Mis. Like, okay, that's nice. And then someone brought, "Ooh, I like The Greatest Showman." Like, okay. 
And then I thought, you know what? <laughs> Let's just start combining things that... What do they have in common? Huge Ackman. Right? <laughs> Huge Ackman. And so I was like, you know what? Logan? And we figured out... We could see the theme of Thanksgiving in at least these three movies, and we can always go into more, but we want to have a some focus, <laughs> even though the gift of God is plentiful, right? We are thankful for the gift of God and Hugh Jackman. And, uh, and you know, when we go into it, you'll see. You'll see why. It will be known to you. And if you don't see why, feel free to comment. Feel free to give us questions. <laughs> we will gladly do a follow-up. We love you, okay? So, and we love you. Just a question Jackson. for the panel. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. What was your first movie that you clearly remember uh, watching with Hugh Jackman? X Men. Yeah, the very X-Men. first one. X Men yeah. would be the first one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing probably from for most of us that's probably I the, think the so first too, thing. Yeah. I because I, um, I mean that's when he hit our um, you know shore. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, was, and it was a lasting effect. Yeah, it was like it was like, oh, Wolverine's in a musical. Oh, Wolverine's a circus. That's true. Conductor. Yeah, you always saw him as the through the lens of the Wolverine. Apparently, that's like. true. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, that's me too. X Men was the first thing I saw him in, and um, but but I remember uh, early on still also seeing uh, being a musical uh, theater brat. Um, Kind of seeing him uh, host the Tony Awards, I think he did early in his career and stuff. And then I learned that he he was in a bunch of musicals, like he played Gaston and all this stuff. So I, I, I you know, I thought that was um, I'm, I'm pretty cool. But you're right, everybody, <laughs> Meg, you're right, totally right on. Like his um, his uh, playing of Logan kind of um, uh, influenced all all well, at least our many people's interpretation of uh, his future performances. Yeah. Yeah. Have uh, you guys heard the the Who Am I uh, Wolverine the musical? Have you heard seen this or hear, heard him do this? This I have no. not heard. Why didn't you not tell us before this episode? <laughs> oh my goodness, we can watch it or maybe. We'll, well, um, so like, um, Who Am I is a is a uh, song from Les Mis, right? Les Rob. It's a very powerful song, but he he was on some radio show, I think in Australia or, or maybe uh, England, BBC radio, um, and he um, he sings. Like uh, they wrote a version of Who Am I, but it's him singing about being Wolverine. Um, uh, I think the first line goes like this. Let me see if I can do it. I sing on this podcast a lot more than on, on any other podcast, I think. Um, but it, it, it goes um, – I'm going to butcher the lame is, but we'll, we'll try. I think it goes, Who am I? Am I a superhero with some claws? Or just an actor searching for applause? Wolverine has all the fans, but what about me, Hugh Jackman? <laughs> Who am I? I think it goes something like that. Check it out. It's hilarious. Um, um, but yes, he is defined by that role. Who am I? Oh, I um, shed a tear. Not, not Jean Valjean. Not, no, um, no, not 24601. Everyone no. asks, where is Hugh Jackman? No one asks, how is Hugh Jackman? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Wolverine. That's probably where most people know Hugh Jackman. And I think kind of going along that, especially with that Guinness uh, Book of World Records being like the longest live-action portrayal of a Marvel superhero, right? Um, that was, what, 2000, right? And Logan, the, the last movie in that series was, what, 2019? 2018? Something like uh, that. Yeah, Something I like can't the, even think see. of, like... And you could get, you could really see how it kind of took a toll on him. Like apparently, Logan <laughs> was considered a very uh, 
uh, one of the most taxing action movies he's ever had to like really train mm-hmm. for. Um, and yeah, that was a, I I just watched it a few days ago, and um, to prepare for this, and it was it was really good. It was think think of the premise: we're in the year twenty twenty nine, and this is kind of post mutants. Apparently, the government had done something like I don't know, dosed the water supply, the food supply, which basically made mutants ex- in- extinct, so that they could engineer their own mutants as bio weapons. And so Logan go hides uh, in like Mexico with uh, a really cantankerous uh, Professor X. Like he, who I've, I haven't seen this guy. I haven't seen Sir Patrick Stewart cuss this much, unless he's <laughs> on a show on like Showtime. And uh, from Zoe Deschanel to Samuel L. Jackson, how much? Yeah. Cussing? Oh, it was it was it was pretty bad. It was almost it was like it was yeah, almost on par. It's like with first like, line. I think is uh, well, well, Logan's F- first line was Logan's the F word, F bomb. And there's a part where, like, you know, Patrick Stewart's just like, F you, Logan. Like, just straight up. Like, <laughs> that's it. So they're hiding there, and uh, they meet this girl named Laura. Turns out, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, okay, um, she's a mutant. I guess it's rare to come along mutants. She is actually a clone of him, and they he, he has to keep her safe and bring her to this place in North Dakota. Um and on the way, you know, you, you get a real sense of, like, he's lived a long life. Like, he's so done with the killing. He's so done with everything. He just wants to buy a boat and sail off with his friends, <laughs> Professor X and Caliban. Um, but now he has this new hope. And uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law, Juan, about this. Uh, you might know him from uh, the Average Nerd podcast. But he talks about, uh, I guess, in one of the earlier Wolverine movies, um, Someone who a mutant that could see the future said, "You're gonna die holding your heart," and he's as he dies, he's holding this girl's hand, and um, and yeah, I know, right? Just new hope all over again. It was so, it's so good, it's so good. If you could, it's it's even just a standalone movie, like the way it was crafted. Yeah, you yeah. could just watch it standalone. Like that's just, it was so good. No, um, that last line is so so great, or like one of the last lines he's saying to uh, to Laura. Um, it's just so like, uh, and, and I, I believe it's something along the lines of, um, do not, do not be, um, who they made you to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, she was made to be a weapon and he's just telling her, and then that hope again, right? Like she doesn't have to conform to what the world was trying to make her into. Um, hope is abundant in her new opportunity to go and be free and, and to do what, what, to do something better, and you're right. Um, it's um, well, I don't, we're digging deep already, but it's his sacrifice yeah. that allows her to do that, right? It's his sacrifice that allows her to do that. So, I thought that was really cool. Hope. I think his last words, his very last words to her, was like, "So this is what it feels like." What it feels like, yep, mm. like having a yeah. family, like yeah. being. Yeah, because well, she calls her dad. Yeah, she calls uh, him right? dad, like for the first time in the yeah. in, in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so good. And he acted incredibly well. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Ackman. Huge Ackman. Huge Ackman. <laughs> right. Um, okay, wow. So we already went through. Okay, let's, we had Logan. All right, let's talk a little bit about um, Les Mis or The Greatest Showman. Who would like to talk about that next? I believe Meg would like to talk about The Greatest Showman. Yeah. yeah. Just, just so, give us a premise, and then we'll dive deeper into the, the themes. So it's... Um... It's supposed to be about P.T. Barnum, uh, the man star of the circus. Nothing of it is real. 
but the name. <laughs> uh, but it's basically like so. Um, Wolverine plays uh, <laughs> PT Phineas <Wolverine>. Barnum, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> Wolverine is a, a poor kid with a poor dad who's a tailor. Meets uh, cassette. I'm just kidding. Uh, meets <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, meets his uh, future wife Charity when they're kids. She's rich, and just right off the bat, the the dad Charity's dad lets him lets Wolverine know he's not good enough for her because he's poor. That he'll always be dirt poor and all that. Um, so that kind of inspires him. His dad then dies and inspires him to like really put in the hustle. And he's like such an entrepreneur already as a kid. Um, and so he like makes his way through life and is able to marry Charity, um, get her away from everything. Starts a circus um, that becomes his family. He finds all these people that are unappreciated in the world or ostracized in the world and gives them a home. Um, and creates the circus that no one's ever, like, no one knows what a circus is, like, the, this kind of performance that no one else has fe- seen before. Um, and he, like, invents it because he's this entrepreneur, um, starts his family, but he's just, like, not satisfied. Like, he has to, like, stick it to Charity's parents, um, and then he has to, like, stick it to this criti- critic that, um, d- that thinks the, that their show is is, like, unelegant, basically, and, like, trash, basically. He never said that, but that's the way. Gen Z interpretation, um, and yeah, and so like it, along the way, he he picks up this uh, this legit sing- opera singer from the from England or something um, to make himself feel more legit in the eyes of the elite. Um, but along that way, he loses his family. He loses the circus family because he's so set on constantly um, satisfying this goal of his to be seen and appreciated and considered a legit human or legit you know like someone worth everyone's time uh and so but he finds his way back he crawls his way back because his family like reminds him um that they're they're not gonna leave him and so he and like they kind of just like remind him to forgive himself too like the people he hurt most remind him to forgive himself and so he has a great from now on song um where he's like from now on like basically from now on like i'm just gonna be a better person i'm not gonna lose sight of 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 the real goal, which is not the fame or the money, but his family, both his immediate family, Charity, and the the girls, and his circus family. So, it's great. I use it to teach my students. When I used to teach spirituality and sacraments, I use it to teach them the Greek loves. Ooh, we, we're going to save that for a little later, um, but that, that sounds really interesting. Uh, JP, if you could give us a little bit about Les Mis. Right, maybe Father Raj could help. I think Father Raj could help. So, so Wolverine Barnum steals bread. <laughs> and then um, he starts to sing a song called One Jump ahead of uh, the bad guys. Oh, no. Um, no, uh, yeah, I can give a quick rundown. And recognizing that uh, Les Mis is, is um, you know, to summarize it really shortly uh, in a short way would be Cause there's, there's totally There's so difficult. many things Yeah, plus, on. you know, based on a book. and But, yeah, Les Mis, um, based on uh, Victor Hugo's uh, novel of the same name, um, 
basically uh, to focus on the Hugh Jackman uh, part of it. I mean, we follow uh, his character, um, uh, Jean Valjean, uh, who was a, a prisoner who, who breaks parole, and then um, uh, after breaking parole, he kind of makes a new life for himself, uh, hides away. Um, I'll get into some of those other details later about you know what allowed him to be able to hide away and um, start a new life for himself and and then um, you know he's he's no longer known as as uh, this criminal criminal um, Jean Valjean. Um, he uh, he takes on a new identity and he starts uh, helping other people. Particularly, he helps um, uh, one of his factory workers, Fantine, uh, and then her daughter, Cosette. And it's just a story of Jean Valjean trying to do good things and trying to help others, uh, while all the while he has um, kind of this guilt or the shadow behind him in um, uh, his past. And um, it, it kind of personified in the character of uh, Javert, who is. Um, hunting him down for breaking his parole and and um you know that'll come full circle in the end once um um uh, spoiler alert uh once uh, Jean Valjean is older and he's been helping um an older uh cassette and um it's it's all set in the background of like broken miserable uh France um during uh some battles uh of the post French revolution i think is correct um but um basically it's 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 following that story around and seeing you know what happens with with people who are so set on things or focused on other things and can you find um hope and something to be thankful for in the middle of uh things that are miserable and uh and Jean Jean Valjean does all he can with all the brokenness and and the you know with Javert hunting him down to hold back his anger and never let his claws come out and destroy everybody so <laughs> that's um you know Wolverine holds it in yeah when when they have that scene of him like lifting up that uh the flag the, the 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 was it a flag? What was the very was the, first well, the scene? First, the like, first scene was yeah he's, he has to carry the the flag yeah, the dra- and it was connected he had to drag to like a, a ma- huge uh, thing yeah like a mask and then when he was lifting up uh, a cart the cart and like the yell was very reminiscent of the Wolverine yell it just straight up like it's just it's just a running theme Wolverine ties everything together he is I mean he was alive during that time he was no he wasn't that's was true that who says it wasn't all him. You've never seen them in the same room together? That's true. Yes, I we mean, have not seen Logan, not nor uh, P.T. Barnum, nor Jean Valjean in the same room. <laughs> That's true. They, we, nobody can confirm it. Maybe Victor, maybe Victor Hugo wanted this to be the, the whole universe yeah. of Hugh Jackman. The Hugh Jackman universe. A.K.A. Wolverine universe. The, the Hugh, Wolverine yeah, universe. yeah, we don't know. That's um, Earth 24601. That's what that is. Oh. <laughs> There we go. Can you sing it? There we go. Who am I? I? Two, four, six, oh, one. Okay, so. so Earth, two, four, six, oh, one. So, this is is a really deep cut, guys. This is a really deep cut. Thank you for staying with us so far. Uh, I think, kind of going forward here, uh, at least for these three particular movies, really seeing kind of we start to see a theme of people trying to do right by other people, but there's something tainting the motivation. 
right? Uh, and with with Logan anyway, I could see like he he was just he was so old and he was so despairing. Like he even saved he saved like this adamantium bullet, so he could off himself because he was just so tired, right? And then you go. Um, what would you say for P.T. Barnum? I, Meg put it really well, but like, what would you say kind of tainted his ability to do well by other people? Uh, kind of wanting, wanting to heal his childhood and like show that he's worth everyone's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, I think when Meg said earlier, um, this, just this desire to be seen, right? And, uh, to be seen in a way that validates his existence, um, uh, but just to be focused on it in a, in a, um, in such a kind of toxic way. I think that's, that's, that was the problem. He would, uh, he, it wasn't enough. I think Meg said that also, like, it was never enough. enough. It was never enough. Never, yes. never, never enough. Go ahead and sing that, Meg. That's the, oh, that's the really high one. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's, that's the one Jenny sings. The, the European I'm singer, right? I tried. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to attempt that. That's no, not going to attempt it either. Was, I was yeah. about to. I thought about it. Worked, it worked. It, it worked in my head. In my, yeah, but, I, yeah. Same here. <laughs> the interesting thing about Grey Showman is that they're they're all trying to be seen, and that's like the goal that they have together is wanting to be seen and appreciated. Um, and then they forget who matters, whose view matters. What I really like about um, the Greatest Showman uh, is that yeah, they have these. Um, maybe bad focuses to begin with, uh, what we would call, like, um, you know, uh, poorly discerned telos, right? They, they've kind of set themselves up Ooh. in the wrong direction. Um, but, uh, but see, just moving forward, they end up finding stuff. They're surprised by, uh, well, uh, in, uh, to steal a C.S. Lewis line, they're surprised by joy, right? That they're, you're, like, saying that, oh, well, their focus was to be seen, and, and some of them got so obsessed with that. But then you, at one point, some of them look around and they're like, wow, I was focused on this other thing, but I'm able to see that like uh, a powerful romance, right? We see that in some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I was focused on some other things, but I was able to find family. Um, mm-hmm. And even uh, in the brokenness of, of uh, this P.T. Barnum character, he was so focused on everything. It led him on, on success and, and his, his um, he was so focused on... Um, being seen by the world as as something that was elegant and yeah led him down this really really bad path but even at the broken at the end of it all brokenness he found he found something uh worth it that convinced him as you said Meg to um to change from now on you, you see it a lot in the the greatest showman song uh, is there like the, the very last song he sings is everything from now on, on. From, <laughs> yeah that one yeah from now on and then also at the very end, when he um, leaves and goes to the ballet with the giant, with the elephant, um, and visits his family, and he sings the Greatest Showman song. When in the very beginning, he was talking about the circus, the show. Like this is the, this is everything you ever want, this is everything you ever need, and it's here right in front of you. But then at the very end, when he's finally at the ballet, and he does that really soft, like this is Reprise. everything I ever want. Is everything I ever need, and it's right here in front of you when he's looking directly at his children. Yeah. I also love the beautiful theme of like mercy that everyone goes through. Like everyone just like feels so broken and like so unloved that they can't seem they seem can't seem to like forgive themselves. But like through this family, they're able to teach each other like mercy and like true agape, as I would teach my friends or my friends my cl- uh, my students. You can teach your friends too. We need to teach our friends true agape. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we can forget sometimes. Yeah, we can. Um, we can. I, I think that, like, again, kind of circling back a little bit, taking those same kinds of themes, um, when it came to Logan, that he needed that kind of, that uh, that love, right, to kind of mm-hmm. show him a new way, show him a new hope, um, that this thing... The, spoiler alert! They, they 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 had this program to breed uh, human or like mutants that could be, become bioweapons, but they were still children and they still had free will. They, however, then bred a pure a perfect weapon. I think X twenty four or something that yeah. was just a young version of Logan, but they killed its free will. It was just a rabid, like just just instinct. And it was interesting because, you know, he's fighting himself. Like, it's um, himself without any sense of mercy or care or love and all that stuff that he had found in family with um, Charles. Um, sorry, that was Magneto saying Charles. But um, <laughs> was that X-Men Last Stand? Yeah. Um, yeah, Last Stand. Maybe, maybe Ian McClellan. What am I doing Ian McClellan one? Um, but, like... It's interesting that he he has to fight himself, and his his old self is straight up bodying him. He's he's, he's losing. He's completely losing because he's too old. The only thing that, the one that actually killed his old self was the new hope from Laura. She killed him, and then and that's when they had that last scene of him dying and holding her hand and all that. Like the, the new sense of purpose. I know Benedict writes a little bit about like. Like Christianity is about a, a whole new sense of direction because you encounter a person, mm-hmm. right? The idea, um, same thing. Like he was on a certain way, and he has a whole new sense of direction after encountering a person. I mean, in this case, Laura. Um, but to see kind of the, the power of what relationships do for people, I think. Well, yeah, and to double down on on the Benedict as you were um, sharing uh, that notion, Benedict will say, "Those who have hope live differently." Right? Mm-hmm. Hope changes everything. If you think that there's there's um, uh, something greater to encounter, something more um, than what's in front of you, if there's something beyond it, even if it's even if you don't see it, but you trust that there's something uh, beyond, like around the corner, or something through the darkness, or something on uh, the other side. Um, uh, to uh, hat tip to um, uh, a greatest showman song, right? Like if mm-hmm. you know that there's something, if you can convince somebody else that there's something else on the other side, um, it's powerful. It changes how they live. It changes. So Benedict's quote is exactly what you're saying. And like hope, um, uh, those who have hope live differently. And so if, if um, in these characters of Hugh Jackman, um, we see that. We see how once they're given hope or they're reminded of hope even after they've lost everything or um, when uh, through the mercy of somebody else um, that allows hope to take root in their lives, then um, then things change. I'll answer your question that you had earlier, Ian, about like, okay, well, well, um, you know, in these, what is the darkness that they're in? What's holding them back from from living fully in these different Hugh Jackman movies? And so for Les Mis, I would say it's like, you know, he he's constantly looking over his shoulder, right? Um, he he is not allowing, he, he's not free because he thinks that something is going to take him back into that um, that imprisonment, and. Um, so uh, he's not like a, a, a train that can get run f- fully, 
uh, towards the direction that he wants to run. Um, he's always um, worried. Um, but I think what ends up happening, similarly as you were talking about with Logan, what ends up happening is he um, he stops worrying about that when he recognizes uh, that somebody else needs his love, right? And so when he can start um, defending and protecting and, um, you know, when he can start defending and protecting and and he has a purpose in um, in somebody else's life, in Cosette's life, uh, he, he, he in some ways stops worrying about that and then you know at the end of it it's like all right well forget it all um i'll risk it all and 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 because um because even if i die hopefully um it'll continue on in her right and uh, there's that powerful moment in les mis where like you know um he can keep running um when jean valjean can keep running but um he remembers uh you know what fan uh you know fantine um she she dies sadly um but rather than running away, um, Jean Valjean goes and goes back uh, into possible darkness or, or possible challenge to save Cassette. And and yeah, there's a lot more story after that. But but I think that's one of the most powerful moments in in the story. I think with all of them, it's like he, his characters have these sense of being alone, and so like they they think that they have to do all these things to like prove themselves or do all these things to protect themselves not realizing there's people around them that also care like in greatest showman there's like the line at the beach well i don't know i don't remember the exact line even though i watched this so many times um but where charity's basically telling him like um we always took risks but we did it together um and like he like forgot that like he he kept taking risks he kept saying justifying it was for his family it was for this and that um but he forgot that he had a team um, and same with, like, Logan. Like, oftentimes, like, he's kind of just, like, lone wolf uh, And so he, like, forgets he, forgets he forgets he has a team and forgets he has a family at times. So. Um, and, like, Les Mis, like, it's not exactly the same, but there is that sense of, of feeling alone and feeling like he has to make all these decisions and sacrifices to, to survive or to make sure the people he loves survive. Yeah, and... and- and but I think you hit on it there too. But even in in Les Mis, he he was never fully alone, right? He he um, and yeah, it gets really weird at the end with like joining up, and um, you know he doesn't, you know, not really sure who is his on his side, and even kind of they have his his enemy and uh, Javert, kind of you know he he asks for his help uh, at the end, right? And and um, but I think even from the very very beginning of the story. Uh, where does he find this opportunity? Um, he's given new hope because somebody's merciful to him, right? Mm. Um, that priest, uh, or is uh, I can't remember. The is, bishop. Is he a bishop? He's a bishop, right? Um, you would think the priest would remember the that part of it. Um, but yes, uh, the, <laughs> the, the, the bishop, famous line, um, right? The to yeah. What's it? Something to see the face of God. To oh man, now that's going to bother me. When you yeah. love another person, you see the face of God. Something like that. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. To love, love another person, you see the face. To see the face. To see the, yeah, the face. Yeah. yeah. Say again. Say again. No, no, no. That's that. I'm embarrassed now. But um, love draws us out. Like, like we're not we're not meant. Say to, that again, Ian. Love, love, love draws us out, son. Oh, sorry. I don't. I don't sing I had, it. I had the sing part. it. Daughter. But um, sing it. Sons and daughters. But but I think really that idea of they were able to kind of 
square with the you know the thing looking over Jean Valjean's shoulder, uh, the despair that was creeping in Logan's heart, the um, the need to be enough in P.T. Barnum's heart. Um, it, when they were all other centered, when they changed their attention to outward, which is what love does for us anyway. Um, and I think that's what it means to be a person, is to be drawn outward. Uh, a person is always in community. I mean, you know, Trinity, all that stuff, right? Person, there is no person in isolation. Persons are in community. And so um, to be drawn out for the sake of others, to be poured out for others, um, and again, that seems all abstract, but we see the real-life consequences of it now when we're just stuck on ourselves or when we're only looking at ourselves. And... Um, and what, what was it that something I had a thought and I'm trying to find him again and I lost <laughs> him. Come back. Well, I, I was going to say with, with what you were saying about, you know, love, uh, love draws us out. I mean, it, it, is is this what Hugh Jackman <laughs> symbolizes for us, right? In all his characters, it, it, um, is he being typecasted? Well, <laughs> this is it's typecast. a beautiful typecast. If that to show us what true, love but, is, that'd be nice. Well, I'm gonna go. Um, maybe this is totally a weird riff, but I'm gonna go with 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 Meg. Um, uh, you know, everything comes back to Wolverine, right? Um, I learned this early on when reading the comics that. Uh, that when Wolverine, when every time he he call he thinks his claws like there's no hole there, when his claws extend, it hurts him every time, right? When these mm-hmm. blades force through his hands, it hurts him every time. It has to break skin every time, break muscle even, and um, and but what can draw that out? Well, and as we saw in Logan, as we see in all these characters, um, something something else that's needed, love, right? And so we're willing to face um, suffering, even um, if that means hurting, uh, experiencing some kind of hurt or caught needing to sacrifice something. So um, thank you, Hugh Jackman, for being that symbol of of love. Schnicked. Yeah, the, the sound of the... Schnicked. Yeah. It's oh, sound of, of the... Yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. when of they the, write it in. It's the onomatopoeia. What, what was I like? Is that from a movie? Is that a dessert? Like, I'll have some. No, it's, it's the specific sound <laughs> that it, that is made in the comics, the onomatopoeia, for when um, Wolverine's claws come out. Sorry. Deep cut. Literally. 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 <laughs> Literally. Deep cut. It hurts so good. The deepest. Um, oh, I, okay. And I remembered what I was thinking. Um... There, there's this, um, I guess there's a podcast that I, um, I was looking through the list of episodes. I guess it's like the Thomistic Institute. And one of them, uh, it, it caught my attention because it was tweeted about by someone. And then the reply was, I feel so seen. But the, the, the main topic of the lecture was, can someone be a failed person? Is there such a thing? <laughs> and then I think to myself, well, what is a failed person? A, a, a person that fails to relate. Like that, that fails to be drawn out, that fails to let love and hope decide the new direction, that fails to reach their telos that you were talking about, uh, Father Raj. Like the, the willingness to bear that hurt, that schnicked hurt that um, allows us. I'm trying to figure out, was this a good title, schnicked? No, I don't know. <laughs> no. People would not understand. Nope. <laughs> but, Thanksgiving um, special, schnicked. <laughs> I like um. I still like Universe Two Four Six Zero One. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I think um. Wow, is Hugh Jackman over the course since the two thousand 
taught us how to be persons. <laughs> In one, in some way, in some. I mean, way if we another. dig deeper, right? I think, I think if we allow ourselves yeah. to be moved by that, but I think sometimes we we just gloss it over. It's like, okay, we don't allow ourselves to learn from from those things. We're dist- distracted um, by by Hugh, Hugh Jackman's, uh, you know, devastatingly good Australian looks and his yeah, ability his to say his hugeness, his hugeness, his <laughs> hugeness, uh, yeah, his hugeness. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe that's why Greatest Showman and Les Mis were like later on. He was like, hey, we need to bring this home. There you go. The, the, the heart of it was always the Wolverine. <laughs> but we, we're back at it again. The Wolverine. Self-sacrificial love. Wow. Who says that pop culture? I didn't know I was so impacted by you, Jackson, in my life until now. <laughs> so um i thought it was really good I, we covered a lot it was very dense and we almost like to add a few more things this is going to be one of our quicker episodes everybody i, I know this well i mean I, I think one of the things thinking about what we talked about previously as well as what we're celebrating thanksgiving and like how do we re- relate that we relate all of this we talk about brokenness and humanness and and love and sacrifice, all these deep things. But um, I don't know. Uh, we started talking about things we're thankful for, and um, ultimately we're thankful for Hugh Jackman. But I, I think in these characters, maybe we can dig deeper. And uh, you know, where is this sense of gratitude uh, fruitful, or where is it missing? Or I don't know. Ian, you want to walk us through that? Oh, from from the sense of the characters, you're saying? Or... Um, yeah, I, I think you said something earlier before we started recording about. You know how all of these characters, I think, um, were were forgot to be grateful for something. Uh, this first. is the story. Yes. Yeah, so earlier, when we were trying to decide what to re- record for the Thanksgiving special, um, we started with, "Hey, you know, um, let's just start combining these things because all of them have some level of um, what is it to the I guess the sting of being ungrateful." Like um, when you're ungrateful for like, like for what? Let's see. So in Les Mis, what what is he not grateful for? Do we know? Well, what would you say? Uh, yeah, I, I would say. I don't think he was fully uh, grateful for the mercy that he had first gotten. Yeah, that it didn't allow him to trans. It didn't um, allow him to be transformed in such a way that his whole character was different. Mm-hmm. He's, I think, like a lot of uh, criminals or characters who are criminals, he, he sees mercy and he sees how he can leverage that, right? And that's what his first opportunity is. He, he's moved by it. He is changed by it. He talks about it in the song that he's, um, you know, the, how this mercy um, um, changes him. But in rather than being like totally good, he um, he kind of uses it in a selfish way. And it isn't until he starts using it for um, a a unselfish way that it, it becomes more powerful. So yeah, I think you're right, Ian, that, that he's he's not fully grateful for the gift of mercy because he um he's still worried about um someone not being merciful to him. Yeah, I'm thinking and then Meg went really well into like what he was not grateful for in The Greatest Showman. I mean JP do you wanna kinda add a little bit to that? What, what, did you see any places where P. T. Barnum did not seem grateful? Um I mean he you see it in a lot in in the greatest show, uh, like just the way he is. Like he always like what Meg has been saying, and like he always tries to 
like almost one up himself even more. Like he doesn't realize that at his level, like as he currently is, he can. He's already showing the world who he really is. He doesn't need to go up one more because going up more would require him to forget family, forget friends, forget the circus, and it it, it becomes a more of an ego thing. When in reality. The best times he he had was when he's with family or when he's at the circus. Yeah, you see in that one scene um, after what's her name Jenny's first show, where like he's like he really didn't have to say anything to the parents. He could have graciously, and that's something we could talk about what it means to take and give graciously. But he could have graciously graciously accepted their compliment on a show. Um, but he had to, like, just, like, be nasty to Charity's parents. And it's like, he already had Charity. That's all he wanted. He already has her as his wife, as the mother of his children. He already has the two kids. He has this circus. He has a name for himself. But he just had, he could he like, he couldn't get past his hurt with Charity's parents. And he had to say something. And then yeah. that turned into a fight with Charity because she was just, like, I think the whole time she feels like she's never enough. Even though Jenny's the one singing the song. Um Mm. So, yeah, so, like, talking about this idea of, like, what it means to, like, give and take graciously, too, is something that we can talk about as well, where it's, like, you can give, but if you're, like, not doing it, like, lovingly, graciously, then it's, like, it's it's almost pointless, and to take graciously as well, to, like, receive graciously, I think that sounds better, um, and to, like, uh, not just, like, keep continuing to, like, want to keep taking and taking, but to, like, receive what you have graciously and to know that, you know, like, that's special and that's for you. And so um, I think the par- at the heart of a lot of ungratefulness is the inability to pay attention. Mm. Like, mm. like, and, and, and kind of what runs deep in not just Catholicism, but a variety of religions or philosophies, uh, you know, like what is the first thing? Pay attention. Like, and really a lot of it is this is how you pay attention. This is what you see that's right in front of you. Um, don't stay stuck in your head, like assess what's right there. And the grateful person, you know, humble and able to see reality clearly because they see it through a lens of as gift, right? Um, I think so. A failure to be grateful for what was right in front of them, uh, for for the Wolverine, for for Logan. Um, I guess within the movie Logan, um, his was more kind of like. Even being ungrateful t- for being like alive, right? He was mm-hmm. so tired of um, being hurt, but more so, you know, there was a part where like he's having a nightmare and he wakes up, and Laura says, "You were having nightmares," and he goes, and she goes, "Oh, I have nightmares too." And he says, "Oh, what are, what are your nightmares?" And she goes, "People hurt me," and then he goes, "Well, in mine, I hurt people." Like it's, uh, and and so it's like. I guess being tired of oneself, um, being tired of, like there was just, there's just a deep, you know, he had so much to be grateful for. And it's hard too, because he's in this post-apocalyptic world where he's, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Where he's driving around, uh, people on their bachelor party, and he's he's tired of it. Yeah, no, it's it's not, uh, he's, I, I think with, you're getting at Ian um, and correct me if, if I'm wrong but like he is so consumed by other things he doesn't as you as you mentioned see what's in front of him sometimes right his friendship with Calaman and um, and even Charles even though Charles has totally changed um, 
and even the clouds when the, his mind when he finally meets Laura and then he finally meets these other kids, he um, he doesn't see it at first. Um, but that's the beauty of the these stories is that um, at, at, at different moments, uh, something causes them to to open their eyes, right? Um, and and as you've mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, so often that's relationship or, or people that um, shock them into saying, "Wow, there's something else. There's something different." Yeah, I think another kind of aspect that that these particularly these three movies can teach us as well is this business of being a person is messy. Yeah, it's not complete, nor can it be perfected. Maybe even this side of death, yeah. like it's just like you will make mistakes and you will you will choose wrongly. Oftentimes, I mean, you don't have to, but like it's not going to always be so clean. And um, whether that's, I think sometimes I, I, and I see this a lot with um, ministering to youth sometimes or some young adults who obsess so much about, and I was, I mean, I'm like this too a lot. I, I, have, I, I sometimes deal with scruples, like like little things. I multiply to big things. Like um, this idea is that I have to be perfect, right? Uh, but to know that this process is something that, you can't be perfect. Like it's just, yeah. it just isn't how it is. Like, like the road of virtue will always include a little bit of struggle, not or a lot of bit of struggle. Or um, you will have times of abject failure. But as long as you're continuously moving down the path, um, and sometimes, especially with the ones who, and I might, might be getting too much, but especially with the ones who focus too deeply on being perfect, the second they slip. They're just like, well, I already mortally sinned anyway, so yeah. we and it's just it goes crazy, oh, yeah. <laughs> it goes nuts. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, um, yeah. And it, it, just to kind of piggyback on that, Ian, like my um, one of my, it's so um, you know, I I'll say one thing that I say to my altar servers all the time, where you know, um, we we strive for excellence, we strive for you know in in the mass to make it as beautiful as possible, um, but if we mess up, it's okay, right? Like uh, if if they forget something or you know, it's not going to be perfect on this side of eternity. Or on a more deeper level, when I'm talking to couples, preparing them for for marriage, one of the things I remind them is like, um, do not let your fear of loving imperfectly cause you to not love at all. Right, and that happens uh, so often. Right, folks uh, fail. Um, you know, they're afraid of loving imperfectly, and so then there's like they go a week or a month or you know, um, God forbid, a year not really investing in loving the person that God puts in front of them, and just because they, they're so worried that they're not going to do it right, they don't take a step towards that love. Whether that's you know a friend you haven't called in a long time, or or um, somebody else God has put in your life, your your spouse, you know, um, don't be afraid of loving imperfectly. Um, we see it as you mentioned again uh, in these characters of Hugh Jackman. Um, he doesn't messily. He doesn't always do it perfectly. Um, these characters, um, but moving forward allows them to to um, to uh, it just at least engage with the with the relationships. And even if they mess up, then there's an opportunity for reconciliation and um, greater growth. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. See, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Really, you know, is a is a virtue ethicist <laughs> in the way that he portrays his characters. <laughs> like, I was thinking that too because I was like, yeah, there's so many people that you know 
think perfection and excellence is the same thing. They, when they see perfection or excellence, they see it in a very deontological way, like, oh, I just need to follow these rules. But what are those rules if you don't also see it with the lens of love, of mercy, of compassion? Um, I, I went to virtual mass with Father Mike Schmitz today, um, and he had a great homily about expecting delays. So he started just talking about how in Minnesota there's only two seasons. There's there's snow and then there's road construction. Um, and so <laughs> talking about this idea of like always expecting delays and talking about how in our lives... Um, we are so focused on this, this perfectionism or making things black and white or like getting tasks done that we forget to expect delays. And the, the delays are where we can really see God and give room for, for God to work in our lives. Um, he spoke about how um, like there was like a, I don't know, I don't know if it was like a social, t- my, my dogs were barking at this time, so I kind of missed that part, but there was like a social experiment where they had like seminarians they told them like they told them prep a homily about the good samaritan and so they did like you have to be at this church at this time to do the homily don't be late um and so like uh like so they also planted like some like people uh, people in need on the road there to see if they stopped for them um and i think it was like the people that were always late and, like, knew they would be stopped for people, and the people that were always on time did it. Um, and it was, like, weird, because it's, like, they're about to give a homily on Good Samaritan, and they're not going to stop and be a Good Samaritan. Um, and so talking about how, like, God doesn't call us to just, like, get these tasks done. Like, God is in, like, in the delays. So when we make room for those, we make room for God. Um, and so, like, in our lives, it's, like, um, what we've learned from Hugh Jackman is, like, not it's not going to be perfect, <laughs> we had, there's this like windy messy road um there's so many delays to the person that we that we'd want to be or the person we think we want to be in the life we think we want um but what we find is that in the delays are, are really where we find tr- like true agape love no i think at first i want to say that's some uh brilliant analysis of father mike schmitz and, and what a great and wonderful story meg thanks for sharing that but man that's just that's a messed up test on- i know i was like am i am i hearing this wrong i was like was it a social test or like they planted that, people in need I don't know. I could have I could have heard it wrong because once again my sure. my dog was barking the whole time. I really think he's an atheist. He doesn't like what he doesn't see. Is it like if there's a float? Yeah, my my dog. Oh. Like there's a float. Oh. Like there's a Wait a minute. No, Father Mike Smith is obviously you know. Let's make that very clear. We're not making any bold claims about Father yeah. Mike Smith no, on talking, this podcast. No, I'm no, talking no. about my my dog. Please talk to us about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Talking about my dog, Mashi, I think he's an atheist because when it's windy and things move around, he starts barking at him because he doesn't understand where it came from. And like things that he can see through freak him out because he's like, what is this? And one time, I swear, one time, I know, but one time I was, uh, our family was praying and literally as we started praying, he like got up, looked at us all and left the room. And I was like, dude. Okay. All right. This is alarming, Father. <laughs> I, uh, when I come to bless your apartment, Meg, I'll come bless, we'll bless Hamachi also. Baptize Hamachi, please. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to baptize him, but I'll bless him. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like the, the kids of teachers are actually terrible students, you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. 
Well, there you go. Ooh, I should yeah. never have kids then. All right, wonderful. <laughs> um, oh man, oh, so many, th- so many lessons that we've learned from Hugh Jackman. From Hugh um, Jackman. Wow. Also from Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman. <sighs> well. Friends, I think this is beer. I think we can wrap up. We've we've covered a lot of themes today, a lot of lessons, a lot of little quips, and a lot of. Um, but really, if you want a, a quick, um, you know, read your scripture, read the Church Fathers, watch Logan, Les Mis, and The Greatest Showman. If you want to learn how to be not a failed person, how to be a person, walk in the way of virtue. Okay. Um, the way of virtue is Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine. Wolverine. Schnicked. Uh, Schnicked. Uh, well, a few things. Uh, any upcoming new, uh, May, any upcoming news from the marketing team? from? Urban yeah, Hook? our Patreon should be up by the time this episode goes out. So our Patreon varies from things like we'll send you some boba and you can have a boba happy hour with us. Or if you're over 21, you can just have a regular old happy hour with us, the main TU crew, plus whoever you want with the guests. People. I'm sure you'd want if, if their schedule's free, we can't just drag them in. <laughs> I never agreed to any of this. You're like selling me out on a happy you hour. You don't, you don't remember I'm, the contract you say? I'm 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 down I'm down for happy hour. JP, 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 he's JP, so serious. He's are you so send me boba also? Are yeah, gonna, we'll send everyone boba, boba? Oh, okay, or right. alcohol. That works. Yeah, with the money that I'm even I'm even more down now because of that speculation yeah. so yeah. and then also also you can have your voicemail set by ian it's a beautiful voice no, there's, we'll, there's we'll plenty try. of ways you can you can get ian's voice in your life more frequently yeah yeah <laughs> just check our patreon out I'm, oh, and- my, I'm thankful that you're my friend ian <laughs> and i can hear your voice anytime we want we also have new stickers out we have a the updated tu or truly universal sticker uh we have more urban pick stickers they're actually smaller they're very cute i want to find a size that was good for like all water bottles it's i think our our original sticker took too much real estate but you know i still have some left oh. if that's what you wanted um, and now we also have Urban Picks pins, enamel pins that are gold. Um, and we're still working on truly universal um, pins, but those will be coming out during Christmas at some point. All right. Um, let's see. For our guests, uh, where where can we find you? Where can the audience find you? Uh, start with JP. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm at Jiro underscore Moriarty. Um yeah, just check out that stuff. I do things online. Okay, okay. Yeah, you can also find his Tumblr if you look back at one of our oh, other yeah. episodes. The Tumblr, before. the Tumblr is still up. I checked. Yeah, it's still up. Yeah. I don't know how to take it down. Honestly, I don't have that. Me too. <laughs> Mine's still up as well. Um, Mine uh, is father, too. father, if you, uh, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can try and find my Tumblr. Uh, that's still up. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, you can uh, you can follow me on Instagram at RevRajD. Um, that's R E V R A J D. Um, so yeah, f- um, that's Instagram. Um, but uh, you can also catch me on another Urban Picks um, podcast, Famished and Fed. We um, have a, a Thanksgiving episode, hopefully dropping also. But we just dropped a fast food episode, so um, that one's. Um, you, you can 
can listen to. And if you want to hear about faith and food, um, check it out. I do that with uh, the wonderfully talented uh, Cecilia Flores. So check us out. Um, that's at Famine Fed on uh, social media. Um, but um, you can find us on all uh, your um, listening platforms. So whatever you're listening to this uh, uh, podcast on, you can just search for us. Famine, famine Fed or Famished and Fed. Um, you'll find us. Glorious, wonderful. Uh, well, it's been great, guys. Thank you so much. Um, again, everyone, for those of you listening at home, thank you for staying with us this long in an episode about Hugh Jackman. We are thankful for you. Uh, and, uh, well, um, I'm Ian. I'm Meg. I'm JP. And I'm Father Rush. And we're out. Thank you. Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks, All Things to All, theme song by Demi Guevara, audio production by Ethan Coe, outro song by Chris Cabiles. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, email us at Truly universal at urbanpix.com. That's U R B A N P Y X.com. Or find us on Instagram and Twitter at urbanpix. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next time.